Today's reading is taken from Psalm 16, a victim of David. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks very much, Dixie, for reading. Ariel, for praying. Let's keep that passage open. We're going to look at it closely together. Although, as you may know, if you were here last week, we're doing three weeks on uh, the resurrection, uh, this huge event in the Christian faith, trying to understand it better. Thanks, Albert. And uh, one thing, as we probably know, what the resurrection gives us, is certainty. Uh, we like certainty. Normally, in April, what were we, would we all be talking about? We'd be talking, okay, where are you going on holiday this summer, right? Except that now we're not talking about that. We're not talking about it. Well, we have no certainty, right? We, we have no idea what's going to happen. Are any countries open? Uh, what will be the quarantine rules? Uh, do you need a vaccine for that? Which vaccine? We don't know. And so most of us, well, we're, we're not making any plans. We don't want to get stuck somewhere for nothing. Of course, there's rumors here and there, but that's just rumors, right? If we just had certainty, you know, you can book or you can stay here. I guess that's what most of us do, right? We'll just stay here and maybe something will happen. We just have no certainty about the summer. Well, how much more would that apply to something like uh, after you die. That's the thing, right? What happens after you die? I think the most thing that we want for that is certainty. I mean, we don't think about it much, what happens after you die. The uh, pandemic has brought us a bit closer, but it's a reality. And last month, Phyllis from our church, yeah, she died of cancer. And she had confidence that, well, she would go to be with Jesus. I think that's the, one of the most precious things about the Christian faith. I've done funerals at my previous church and being able to tell that confidence. But, but is that well placed? And maybe you, you're here, you're a visitor, you, you wonder why can Christians be so confident? 
And, and is it really true? Is it not just rumors? Rumors that you know, you'll be raised from the dead. Is it really true? Well, I want to look more closely at the resurrection. Uh, that's, of course, the, the key to it. But it's, it's not as simple as we think. So I want us to get our thinking caps on, uh, look at this psalm, which, uh, as you may know, is about it. Uh, because it, it is a beautiful psalm, right? With this kind of confidence. So let me look again at verse 10. 10 and 11. L- look at these promises that many believers love. Eh? Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. Uh, you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Isn't that a great promise? Not being abandoned to the dead, but having eternal pleasures at God's right hand. These are wonderful verses. But can we sing them? Can we just, yeah, this is for me? I mean, first of all, it's about David, right? This is a song by David, and David is the king. David says lots of things that maybe actually are not for us. When David says, I'm going to crush all my enemies. Okay, that, that's not me. But especially, the Bible says this isn't even about David. These verses are about Jesus. Uh, the Apostle Peter says that. Maybe you know it. Acts chapter 2. He gives a sermon. Jesus has just been raised from the dead. He quotes this psalm, uh, this verse. You will not let your faithful ones see decay. Let's read it. Acts 2. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried. And his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. And seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. And you can hear it. This is not about David because he's still in his grave. This psalm isn't true for him. It's true for Jesus because he's no longer there. So this is about Jesus. But then how is it for us if it's about Jesus? And then how does that, what does that mean for us? What does it mean for death being defeated if it's about Jesus, not about us? That's where I want to go. We'll look at the psalm, apply it to Jesus and apply it to our lives. So let's, uh, let's listen closely. And I think if you read this psalm, it's what, what, what is so beautiful here? Well, faithful David, faithful Lord. That's what I see here. I see a beautiful relationship between David and the Lord. When you read it, right, it's uh, here is David and he he trusts, right? Verse 1, keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. This two-way, I I trust you, Lord, and I trust you will keep me safe. It's about David and about the Lord together. Um, We see faithfulness. The faithfulness I get from uh, verse 10. You will not let your faithful one see decay. Faithful, it speaks of a relationship. It speaks of steadfast love, of commitment. And and, yeah, David, his commitment and the Lord's commitment. Because it's not just about God, right? The Psalms have a lot about God. But David is such a wonderful, faithful person here, right? He says to the Lord, well, you are my Lord, verse 2. Apart from you, I have no good thing. You are the only one for me. Uh, verse 3, I say of the holy people who are in the land, 
They are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. All the believers here, I love them, I care for them because they're your people. If you love God, you love the church. And David says, I'm not going to worship any other gods. Right? Verse 4, I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. I'm not going to worship any other god. I will keep my eyes always on the Lord. I will praise the Lord. You are my portion. A lot about his commitment, his love for the Lord, his faithfulness. Can you hear that? Now, some of us are a bit squeamish. We, we don't like. It feels a bit like bragging, right? God, I'm so committed to you. But the people in the Old Testament, they, they didn't have that problem. You know, they, they were in a relationship with God, a covenant. And they could talk about their faithfulness. David was just having a really good day. Sometimes he had a bad day, and he wrote Psalm 51. Right? He had a good day. But yeah, but that's David. But then he trusts, Lord, you'll be faithful to me. Uh, God, you, you guide me, and you protect me, and you, uh, you instruct me. Uh, you do all these things for me. You're faithful to me. And especially in the face of death. As you could hear in the last verses, this is trust in the face of death. I don't know what David was going through. Was he very sick? Uh, was he under attack? We don't know. But why is he talking, well, you're not going to abandon me to the, to the dead? Well, that's because it looks like he's going there. But he trusts, no, Lord, you'll be faithful to me, right? You will not abandon me to the grave. You will not let your faithful one see decay. I, I'm faithful to you. You're not going to let me see decay. You're not going to let me see death. And actually, not just death. Lord, I trust, well, I'll, I'll see something beyond death. Right? You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Not just I'll be healed for another 10 years. No, I'm going to be with you forever. Lord, I, I trust you. I'm committed to you, and you're going to save me from death, and you're, I'm going to be with you forever. That's what, that's what he's saying, right? And, and, and that's a beautiful relationship, right? I mean, a, a good relationship is two ways. It's two people who are committed to each other. And we see David and the Lord, total commitment. It's beautiful. Of course, is it true? Is this beautiful psalm true of David? I mean, is he really like this? Well, I think we should see this as a song, right? A, a bit of an ideal picture. See it as a, a Valentine's Day card? Have you ever written a Valentine's Day card? What you write on there, is that true? When I write to my wife, uh, I will always love you with all my heart. Is that true? Well, yes and no, right? <laughs> In some way it's true, because that's really how I feel. But I, I'm a sinner. I'm not going to love my wife 100% of the time. I can, I can guarantee you that my, my heart is not like that. No, it, it's kind of true, but technically it isn't. Right? Well, this psalm is like a Valentine's Day card. This is David feeling really in love with God. He's under attack. He's trusting God. And so he, but of course, he wasn't always like this. And hence, what does Peter say? Well, this was not really about David. This is about Jesus. Jesus really 
fulfill this psalm, right? Faithful Jesus. Because, you know, how committed was Jesus to his Father? Well, well we, we know, right? We see the Gospels. He, he fully trusted him and he loved the people. Of course, he hated hypocrites, but all these people in their misery, he loved them and he cared for every single one of them, no matter what they were like. And Jesus never went after any other gods. I mean, even when he was offered the whole world, no, I'm going to worship God alone. I'm going to serve my Father. I'm just going to, nothing's going to distract me. I'm going to do my Father's work, my Father's mission. Never distracted. Always loving. Always committed. And again, especially, well, in the face of death, right? This is a psalm, trust in the face of death. And, and that's what Jesus did. He trusted in the face of death. You know, going to the cross, it not, was not easy, right? We know that. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, you see him sorrowful to the point of death and sweating drops of blood. And Lord, please, if there's any other way, Father, take this from me. Yet not my will, but your will, right? Because he would be forsaken by his Father. He would be suffering all the wrath of God for every sin of every believer. But he trusted. He trusted. Lord, I'm, I'm going to go through this. I'm going to endure all this. But I believe you're going to raise me from the dead after that. I, I believe I'm committed to you and, and you'll be faithful to me. It's a bit like this, what Jesus said, John 17. I've brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Father, I, I've, done my, I've done my work that you gave me, and now please, you do your work. Uh, I've, the, the, the suffering is not for me. It's not for my sin because I know I don't have any. And so I trust you will raise me. I trust, you know, you, you know what I'm like, you will raise me. That, that kind of trust, right? He put all his faith in his Father. And then he got up from prayer in the garden. He let himself be arrested, uh, falsely accused, beaten up, tortured, nailed to a cross. Total darkness, mocking, forsaken, all the wrath of God coming down on him. And then he died. What would happen? Well, we know, right? After three days, he rose from the dead. Now, from this psalm, what does that mean? What does it mean that yet the Father rose him from the dead? The Father said, yes, right? The Father, yes, you've done it. Yes, you've been faithful. Yes, you, that's right. You don't deserve to be dead. You deserve to live. You deserve to be with me, right? That's, that's what he says. Look, it's a two-way relationship. Yes, Jesus, you've done it. Well, come back to me. Right? That is what it says. Jesus is, and so Jesus is the faithful one. Jesus is the one who, who is fully committed to God. Jesus is the one who, who is perfect. Right? That, that's what it says. Jesus is, of course, the, the resurrection is a miracle, but it's, it has meaning, right? Why did Jesus rise from the dead? Well, because he is 
utterly, completely, perfectly faithful to God, to His Father. And that's so beautiful, right? And Jesus is so... I mean, you see this, it's, it's great. You know, we talked about it last week, that the resurrection has divine approval. But it's not just for us, it's for, for Jesus, right? The Father and Son, and the, and the Father giving His approval to the Son. Uh, the Father and Son working together to save us. It's great, right? And it's not just Jesus, of course, the Father. The Father can be fully trusted. He, you know, He is righteous, He's just. When His perfect Son is dead, He raises Him back. Father and Son together for our salvation. That, that's what you see in this psalm. That's what we see in the cross and the resurrection. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, that, that's what we see when Jesus rises. Of course, but then is the psalm for us? Are you faithful? Can, can you sing this psalm about your relationship with God? Well, I, I like the last verses, but I, I struggle to sing the first verses, right? I, I delight in all God's people and I never worship any other gods. Well, that's just not me. I don't think that's any of us, right? Actually, this psalm gives us a great test. This psalm can tell you something very important. Because how would you summarize the theology here? I'll summarize it like this. Uh, God will raise the one who is good enough. Right? That's what verse 10 says. You will not let your faithful one see decay. If someone's faithful, he will not decay. I.e., God will raise the one who is good enough. So how do you know you're faithful? How do you know you're good enough for God? Well, He will raise you from the dead. So I, I, I go after church, I go outside, I cross the road, I get hit by a bus. And God says, no, no, this guy is so good, he needs to come back to life. He doesn't deserve to be dead. Do you think that's true of you? Do you think that's how God's going to treat you? Well, the resurrection shows it very clearly, right? Look at David. David is the man after God's own heart. The man in the Old Testament who loved God the most. Was he faithful? Well, he's still in his grave. Very simple test. Is he in his grave? Yes. Therefore, he was not good enough. Now, maybe you think, okay, that's David. He had 13 wives. He was a murderer, an adulterer, of course. Who is the best person who ever lived? Maybe Mother Teresa? Did, did this nun who worked in India and helped all these orphans? I mean, everyone knows her, right? Whether Christian or not, everyone knows Mother Teresa and all the good she did. Was she good enough? Well, as far as I know, she's still in her grave. She is still dead. She was not good enough. It's a very simple test, right? Do you know anyone in history who's been raised? Anyone. And, and not like Lazarus or Jairus' daughter. That, that, that was just Jesus' kindness. Anyone who deserved to be raised. No one in history, right? No one. And so I, I don't think any of us would say, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fine. God's going to raise me from the dead, right? No one. God will raise the one who is good enough. And, and that's just none of us, right? Jesus is the faithful one. No one else. No one else. If you think you're better than Mother Teresa, 
let's have lunch. I'd love to talk to you, get to know you better. <laughs> Seriously, right? No one is good enough. None of us deserve to be raised. So this psalm, I don't think by myself I can sing this. Will God abandon me to the dead? Well, he should. That's what I deserve. Do I deserve God's right hand pleasures? No. Well, I'm not going to send you home like that, right? What then is the solution? How do we solve this? Well, the solution is being in Christ. What's the only way? It's not being good enough and being raised by ourselves. That's why the Bible says you need to be in Christ. You need to be, belong to Jesus, be connected to Him. Because David, don't know if you think about that, David is a king. And what happens to the king affects the people. That's why you, you can belong to a king. But you're in a country, the king wins the war, you win the war. The king loses, you lose. That's what happens. Uh, right? The, the, the king affects the... The king affects the people. And so, if you belong to Jesus, what happens, he can take, him, take you with him. That's the idea. It's not that, you know, Jesus was raised so I can be raised. No, Jesus can be raised, so if I belong to him, I can be raised. And that language of in Christ, I always see it a bit as this kangaroo. Uh, you see the little baby in the pouch. Wherever the kangaroo goes, the baby goes, because the baby's in the kangaroo. That's the idea. If you are connected to Jesus, where he goes, you go. Or maybe a uh, residence permit. When I got a residence permit for Hong Kong, my kids got it as well. Why? They belong to me. I'm the head of the family. I get residence, they get residence. And Jesus is the head of the church. He gets eternal life, we get eternal life. That's how it works. So remember, the, the, death has been defeated, but in a way only for those who are connected to Christ. It's, it's not for everyone. It's only for those who are connected to Jesus, because only Jesus deserves life. And it's important. It's not, okay, great, death is gone. Let me continue with my life. Everyone in the world has hope. No, only with Jesus. And don't get that wrong. Don't get the resurrection wrong that this is... For everyone. It's only for Jesus. That's why, well, you know, let me invite you. If you're here and you're not trusting in Jesus, God won't raise you from the dead. You will not have eternal life unless you come to Him. So Jesus invites you. Come to me. Come to me. I can give you life. I can raise you from the dead because I deserve that and I can take you with me. So come to me. If you haven't done that, Come and talk to me. I'd love to explain more of this to you. But then, okay, you trust in Jesus. Do I now have that certainty? Jesus has certainty. Jesus is clear, right? Jesus rose from the dead. Yes, he deserves it. How about me? Well, again, you look at the resurrection. I, I think what you can say, if it's through Jesus... Well, it's 100% guaranteed. The thing is, if you're a Christian, you're not raised by God's kindness. You are raised because Jesus deserved it. It's very different. Again, Lazarus, 
Jesus saw him in the grave and, you know, he was kind. He was gracious. But Lazarus didn't deserve it. Jesus was raised because he deserved it. And if you're with him, well, he deserves, you deserve it. Can you see that difference? Jesus has divine approval. Jesus has been raised from, he's the faithful one, so he can say, hey, this guy's with me. You should let him in. A bit like with the residence permit. If, if I get a permit, but not my kids, I can say, hey, my, my kids belong to me. You should give them a permit too. I can sue the government because my kids belong to me. If you're a Christian, Jesus can do that for you. Jesus, he's the faithful one. Jesus has the approval. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus can say, this guy's with me. Let him in. He deserves it. It's very different, right? We are not just trusting in God's mercy and love. Of course, His mercy and love are great, but if you're a Christian, you can tr- it's guaranteed. You deserve it. You are in Jesus. You deserve it. Now, not in yourself, but through Jesus. It makes such a difference, right? Have you ever thought about it? You now deserve these verses. You deserve eternal pleasures. You deserve joy in God's presence because Jesus deserves it. And you're with him. That, that's certainty, right? Jesus is there, well, as your advocate, as your lawyer, as your priest. Uh, another psalm. The Lord says to my Lord, set at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. There's the resurrection again, right? Come up here. The Lord has sworn him on all change his mind. You are a priest forever. Jesus is there in God's presence as your priest, as your advocate, as your lawyer. And he can say, this guy is with me. And you have eternal life. That is the basis of our certainty. It's not something general. It's not for everyone. But if you're with Jesus, 100%, you deserve to live. And, that, and that's it, right? That is what we need. That is the certainty. And if we know that, I don't have to worry, right? I don't have to despair. Whatever the pandemic turns out, whenever I can go on holiday or not, the future is sorted. I know where I'm going. I know what I need to do. Just keep trusting Jesus. I stay with him. And I know what that means. Now, I can live for God. I can serve. I can love. I can do anything because I know The future is secure and certain because Jesus was faithful. He deserved to rise, and I'm with him. That's it. And let's let's encourage each other with these words. When we feel down, when we despair, Jesus is the faithful one, and he deserves to live. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his perfect life that guaranteed that he would rise. Thank you that he is with you. He's there. In your love and mercy, you gave him to us to be our priest, our advocate, the one who can bring us to you. And we don't deserve it. None of us do. Help us to see our hearts that we really know this deep inside that we are not good enough for you but we can come to Jesus. Give us joy in the gospel. Give us strength. Give us hope. Give us certainty.
because we know that Jesus rose from the dead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, music team will come up.